listener, you're tuned in to another Save Point session. I'm your host, Dan. And this is Danquid. Oh, what? my God. Oh. <laughs> uh, if, that, uh, if that didn't give it away, we're here to talk about the ever-so-final... Well, Ever-so-final? Ever-so... I don't know what I was the talking ever about. The ever-so-fantasy-acclaimed-critically MMORPG. We've been teasing this for a while. It's time to do the Endwalker uh, spoiler cast. Uh, we usually have one more for this one. I don't know where she is right now. Uh, oh. Got him. This is Nakayue. This is Nakayue, and how dare you boys try to? I didn't try to. Sure. Okay, so yeah, uh, uh, Ashley is here to talk about Endwalker because it's become now a tradition. Every time we talk about Final Fantasy, she needs to talk. She needs to join us. So, say hi, Ashley. Hi, I am an Akayue. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's talk about the initial launch of Endwalker. Uh, so, how what was your guys' average wait time in queue during that first week or two? Roughly about two hours or so, one point five two hours. Three Unless I got up early, hours? in which case it was in, in which case it was like fifteen minutes, and then I just stayed online for like the entire day. Did you do the thing where you know you would log on early and then go through all your day, but you just moved your controller like every couple of uh, every oh, absolutely. Minutes? It's called playing <laughs> smarter, not harder. To be fair, I wasn't like I I only very rarely idled. I was actually doing like a lot of just like the story and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So launch was a little not as rough as one I heard from other like expansions. I I hear I like it wasn't as bad as say like Shadowbringers drop. How you guys you guys were there on launch? How 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 would you compare the two? Not as bad as Stormblood was. Stormblood Honestly, was horrible. Yeah. Like, funnily enough, there was no Raubon Savage this time. It was all login queue Savage. But once you got in. It was it was clean. Smooth is just the fact that there was so much congestion from people just trying to get on all at once because of all the refugees we've been getting and all the new players. Yep. Well, it wasn't exactly smooth. There would be the cases where people would either also lose their spot in queue or suddenly get randomly kicked. Yeah, there, there was that. The, yeah, the 2002 errors definitely were the... That that was like the darkest part of it, and that lasted, I think, about a couple of weeks. I actually made a a meme on Twitter about it. That's I think like the only banger tweet I've ever made, but I'm still proud of it. I I'm so glad that that's what made you go viral. God, it's honestly though, like that that actually was like my experience several times during that first week. Was you'd get you'd get into queue right? The queue would be about two thousand people deep, which equates to about you know, two hours or so, if you're lucky, you'd get to like 160 something and then you disconnect. And if you didn't, and if you didn't get back into, if the queue didn't let you back in on your subsequent attempt, you were pushed to the back of the line. Yeah. Cause heaven forbid you were there for like, you're, you're waiting for two hours. You step aside to go to the bathroom for like a few minutes. It turns out you were kicked and you didn't get back in time. And it's the worst. Mm-hmm. Or you... were... Go on. Or it'd be like me, where I'd be taking a shower, and I'd be like, Dan, hey, make sure to keep an eye on my queue. So I'm like, you're, you're 2002? Fucking Christ! Yep. 
like they were like for the first week i know that uh my significant other ha- made zero story progress because by the time she'd get home and log into queue if she got in and that's a big if she got in it was already like around the time where she would get in the shower and get ready to go to bed anyway oof that's uh that's rough uh yeah. what about you ashley how was your kind of experiences with the launch launch week or launch two weeks well, I had planned to stream it. Um, the queue times were asked, but I had also anticipated it to be like that for because I remember my experience with Stormblood and Shadowbringers being like, oh, okay, it's a long queue. This is not uncommon. A lot of people are going on to play the MSQ. And then I saw the errors, and then I saw the kicks, and then it just kept getting worse and worse from there, and I was getting pretty pissy about it. And then when I get into finally stream on my Catboy who I still need to go back and stream on my Catboy now that that cues are not shit, <laughs> to say the least. I would experience getting kicked from the game every now and then, or get crashed, but so half the time, the game was just would run smoothly with no issues. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to talk about my experiences, because there's a reason why also we took so long for this one. Because I only finished MSQ like maybe two weeks ago. And there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Ever right when the early access dropped, I was suffering from this terrible issue where the latest update made it incompatible with my processor. Now, you're probably wondering, what does that mean, Daniel? It meant that for every time there was like a cutscene or when a lot of stuff was happening on screen, I would get the choppiest, laggiest audio. Of all fucking time. Oh, the crispy audio issue. You had it? I had it because I had an AMD FX chip, which is pretty old, and I couldn't exactly afford a new freaking processor. What do you mean? All the NFTers are... Oh, wait, sorry. Wrong wrong subject. No. Wrong <laughs> subject. But it made it to the point where I could not even play MSQ because every time there's a cutscene, I just got... It was giving me a literal headache. What's what's I, funny is as a couple of FC mates had that same issue. I didn't realize it was tied to uh, specific processors, though. Yeah, it was mainly with the older processors that was happen- happening with, which is weird because this didn't happen until they dropped the latest update and they tried to integrate that whole uh, in- uh, integrated audio thing, integral audio thing. Oh uh, yeah, they were trying to push the, the ear selfies. I still want to yes. do that. <laughs> I actually did attempt to do that to try to see if that fixed my issue. It didn't. Uh. It really didn't. Um, so it got to the point where I actually had to use my laptop on my TV for a while. And I, 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 that was fun. That was fine and all, but it wasn't how I wanted to play the game. Mm-hmm. I wanted to enjoy it at my own desk. And so it wasn't until like the latest patch, literally the latest patch, that they finally fixed it. And that I can finally power through the rest of MMSQ. That that sounds about right. Yeah, it, t- it did take them a while to fix that particular issue. Like you said, I, they the, the most recent patch <clears throat> about 6.08, I believe, about two weeks ago, a week ago, yes. two weeks ago, is what finally resolved the issue. I think what's also also super annoying about it was that, like, I, I commend Final Fantasy's community experience also. Like, I give them all the props. It just felt annoying that they weren't like referencing it like other than the whole like uh we're aware of like uh 
some audio listeners tried this, and that their solutions didn't work, and it, it was silence after that. And it felt like I was being ignored, and that was the first time I actually felt like let down by the community supports. But again, I was just trying to remember. It was a rough. It's a. It was like a really rough launch. They had to delay the game. They're probably super like like tired out there. So I was just trying to stay patient throughout the whole thing. But others weren't so much. I was, let me just say that. Yeah, a couple of my FC mates uh, had those issues, especially one I know where their uh, computer is really not all the best, but they still try. I honestly had to recommend PS5 to Dan, but I can get the I want to play it a certain way. Oh, no, the reason why I couldn't do PS5 is because my PSN is linked to an old account that I don't have access to anymore. That's why I couldn't play on the console. The account locking is uh... also like it is. It is one of those small things that I wish could be improved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Have access to my PSN anymore? Well, that sucks to be you. Mm-hmm. Damn it! But I mean, not, that, and that's not to say that like that's not to say that the administration of Final Fantasy XIV was completely lacking. They were very understanding in a lot of other aspects, namely the queue times and the queue waits, they were very understanding about that and realizing that a lot of people couldn't actually get into the game that they paid for. And that resulted in, if I remember right, 21 days of free game time being applied to every active account. Oh, the ripples were felt everywhere. They actually had to stop selling the game for a while to prevent congestion. In, That's in amazing. One of- in one of the best examples of suffering from success, you you stop the sales of your game just to stop influx of new people. Like if I remember correctly, as of recording, I don't think the free trial is back yet, right? I don't. That I don't know. I, I actually so, don't know about the free trial. I know, I know about the um the the actual retail game is on sale, right? Yeah, we actually had a because uh, I actually work for a call center that had to deal with a lot of complaints of people saying, look, I bought this game off GameStop, but it's not working on Steam. It's like, well, you need to call Square Enix and Steam for that issue because people, because of recent issues. And I really had to educate all my coworkers about that. Yeah. So it was a good, good, mad launch. Um, that most of my issues are finally done. I've got to power through it, so I, I think that's enough like preamble about the initial launch. Are you guys ready to talk about that story? Because this is where the true spoiler part comes in. So if you didn't were afraid of spoilers, even though this, it said spoiler class, you probably might want to pause this episode for a while. Actually, let me add something in there. Also, Rip, rest in peace to all those people who literally had paid time off for this, like including myself, that really wanted to get into the game, but because of the whole Rocky launch... A lot of people were like forced to try to switch their PTOs or literally just spend their PTO just screaming at their computer or crying on the inside. Sweats and privileged PTO swapping. Yeah. Rip those guys, am I right? Wow. Look, is it lonely up there on that pedestal, Antonio? <laughs> First world problem, first world gamer problems. I mean, who who am I to speak? I okay. literally went. I can't play on my PC, so I guess I'll play on my gaming laptop on my True. TV. True. I mean, to be fair, I was I was part of the people who were uh, affected by the whole delay 
of damn it i took an entire week of pto for the for the for this game oh god now i need to work and see if i can get it shifted b- because of the delay which was that was that was a quest and a half oh no That was me, actually. Sorry. Um, so okay. Dan trying to leave us. Oh, that was a mistake. I accidentally pr- tried to press the mute button. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of wanted to ask you guys before we kind of start off on the whole like spoiler content here. Uh, how roughly how long did it take you guys to finish MSQ? That's a good question. Actually, I don't, I don't really remember. I was kind of just in the throes of it. I want to. S- say a month or two and a half because of all the RRL stuff that was going on that had maybe not powered through as much. All my FC mates speed it before I did within like a month or even a few weeks. Yeah, there were, there, I, I think there were people that I knew that had, that had the MSQ finished within like before early access was done, which holy crap. Good, good job them. <laughs> But, uh, Good job, all you uh, cutscene skippers that are like, I just want to get to the raid content because fuck story and. Oh no! They they watched they watched everything. They just were obsessed. They like barely left the computers. I I like fourteen, but I also enjoy sleep. <laughs> so Aim. that. But no, I I think I think roughly about one to two months sounds about right for me. I, I guess for me, it'll be about like a, two months and a half then. That's because I took my sweet ass time. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So, yeah, here comes the spoiler talk here. Um, I don't know how to start this one, but. Man, I can't believe that. I can't believe that Hildebrand died. I know. Hildebrand just died, mm-hmm. and it was so epic on how badly he went out. It was where he went out like a true he he went out like a true warrior of light though punching Xenohort in the face and he was the true hero all along. Anyway, what are you saying? Ha 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 ha. Okay, so um, I guess let's just go into it. Let's talk about the story of Endwalker. Um, how do you guys feel as like the ending of a near? decade-long saga here i cried i'm I'm just gonna say it straight up there were at least five to six places in the story where i straight up cried big same it's no spoilers right off the bat but especially the uh final area i was in tears oh i was i was a sobbing mess come the come the we'll we'll get to more details but oh man that final leg oh my oh my god yeah, so obviously this was supposed to be the accumulation of a t- ten near ten year long storyline, um, and it showed. It definitely was a sense of finality, just from like almost from like the first couple of quests alone. Like the the scene of like Tataru looking at you as you're boarding the boarding the boat, and like I feel like this is gonna be the last time I get to see all you guys like this, and like uh, like I'm thinking like that's not foreshadowing, is it? Mm-hmm. And like no, the, no, not at all. The the way that the narrator, which is the voice of Emmett Selk, narrating those first opening scenes as if it is this final act in a play just really brought home the like this is it. Like 
I don't know how this journey is going to end, but you can already feel from from minute one, this is going to be it. So I think we're going to like kind of break it down like area by area. I think that's the best way to go about this. So let's talk about the per- first like section. Let's talk about the Charlian like and um, Thav- uh, yeah, Thavnir area. It, it's my so, so I, I'd say let's start with like just just. There's so much stuff I could say about Old Charlian, just in general. It is absolutely beautiful. In It is a sight for almost every sense, because you can't smell it. But hot damn, the the sights, the, the sounds, you can't taste it either. But I mean... The burgers. Oh, yeah, the burgers. Like, just everything. I feel like that is one of the most alive and fleshed out cities that exist in the game they put a lot of love into both of the major cities but old charlian really hits that first impression when you like, when you land for old charlian like what i love about it is it gives me i'm a quarter greek so it gives me that whole greek vibe that i was getting from it and i absolutely loved it i also love the fact that we get more charlian lore because i have been waiting forever for charlian lore cuz i'm just like i want to know what this is i want to know what that is and especially as an rpr myself i want to be able to make sure the character i have as a charlian is justice it's just it's just beautiful especially when it's like this little island out in the middle of the ocean mhm the the architecture is beautiful the layout is very logical and sound, which, you know, very much correlates to their uh, scholastic society as a whole. Uh, And that's not to make any mention of the music. Both the daytime and especially the nighttime theme of Old Charlian are perhaps some of my favorite tracks in the game. In fact, they also have a, I think this is a giant statue of Thalic? Yes, that is uh, Thaliac the Scholar, which happens to be my own patron deity uh, that I chose during my character creation. Mine's with Holone. <laughs> mm-hmm. And shifting a little bit, um, the other area, Thavnir. I actually really, really enjoyed how the well designed the it was the the things that I can say about Thavnir. All good, all all great, but oh my god, the the colors again, the city music, both day and night, absolutely, absolute bangers. Um, but more more so than anything that I really loved about the Thavnir area, both Razathan and just Thavnir in general, at least for the English dub, is the amount of culture and research that they did. Yes, Every... I actually want, yeah. Um, the way it felt so authentic to the inspiration that it clearly derived it from, like the, from, the, from the accents to the look, the feeling, it was like, Though surprisingly refreshing, because I don't really get to see that in most games I play. Yeah, like we'll we'll get into it a little bit more during you know as we slowly go through the story. But the 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 Indian accents of the characters, um, of the characters that are in the Thavnir area are authentic. Looking at the credits, they are played by people of Indian descent, and it makes me so fucking happy that it's not just like the voice actors that. Are like that that it's an, an inclusive scenario, but again, the the cultures that are reflected in the society of Thavnir are reminiscent of a lot of uh, of like Indian and that kind of er- that area of culture. 
So with the Vavnir thing, I was surprised to see how much Ari folk were actually in there. Like, I thought all the Ari were going to be mostly diverse in the, the in Othard area and the, in like, um, basically domains. And then you got the Garlean section, basically, of them being treated like little playthings. But then you see, like, the Thavnir parts, and you're like, oh my god, there's a lot of Ari here. Just, what's going on? And then mm-hmm. also, can we just mention how that one elven's just a precious being? I will protect him with my life. Which one? The one you meet, the, the fisherman. Uh Oh, Matia? Yeah. Yes. He is precious being, I will protect that elephant with my life. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, going down from Thavnir, you kind of go back to Charlie, and you get to see the, um, I forgot what the... The area that's out inside the Starlin, the Labyrinthos. Yeah, thank you, thank Labyrinthos. You got to you get to see a real feel of how the form works and their views, and you kind of grow to hate them at first because of their secrecy. Then so get... I, I, I really like what they did with the main scenario in this part, where they drop you into this new city and they give you two branching storylines that are going to eventually culminate together, and you have a choice of what to do first. You can either explore more of Labyrinthos and the Starlian Society with uh, Kryle and them. Or, you can go on an Indian road trip with the boys over in Thavnair. And, like, the moods, if you can't tell, are vastly different. One's very serious, and the other one is a little more comical in nature. Uh, which one did Which I, one did you guys do first? I totally went with Dad Squad first, because it made sense for my character, because it was it was my character, Thancred, Istinian, and, and, uh, Arianje, and it was like, I mean, it's called the dad squad. Mm-hmm. So on Lucifer, um, I actually started out with Charlian as the fact that he is Charlian born himself, but on Aisha, I joined Dan in the Thavnirian shenanigans because I had not seen the Thavnirian shenanigans. And boy, was I in a loop, especially and it's just like, by the way, you might feel some side effects going here um, about that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really... Like it, it, it's that same aspect of, and and it brings to mind the first parts of Shadowbringers, where you can choose to either meet with Alice or meet with Alphino first. Where the story as a whole, even though it's coming to the same story beat after both of the missions are completed, the road getting there feels a little bit different. Like for me, I I chose. Um, I chose the Labyrinthos first because I was more curious about old Charlian and admittedly, I have to follow my, you stole a waifu everywhere. So, uh, absolutely number one priority, (laughs) but doing that and then going into the dad squad felt like a really good, like we start off the plot serious and then have a little moment of levity before getting back into a more serious tone. Whereas I feel if you do it the other way around, like you're like, all right, new Charlie, a new place. Things are looking optimistic and, you know, really happy. And then everything just gets serious afterwards. Mm-hmm. And can I just say, like having a student be terrible with money, so fucking funny. <laughs> it's, it's little, it's little characterization, uh, characterization aspects like that, where like they don't, you don't delve into a lot of like the ins and outs of just how a character is. But, like, so many characters got just little bits of spotlight to flesh them out more. And it really makes all the difference. And really, it only made it impact if it did, that it did. It's because we spent so many, so much time with these characters. Mm-hmm. So then after, you know, you go through the Charlene and Daphne area, um, 
out of nowhere, you are thrust into the Garlean conflict. Yeah. <laughs> into Russia? <laughs> after <laughs> after you well before before that though you do your first dungeon your for your the level uh tower oh yeah uh, that was uh, a fun dun dungeon that was a great introduction to how a lot of the other endwalker dungeons are going to feel where they they all feel very grandiose in some sort of way um, whether it's because you're a fan of, you know, a particular primal or a particular summon, or just because you're really interested in a particular story. Personally, I was really looking forward to Zot because I am a huge fan of Ten, and I know the Maga Sisters aren't just Ten, but uh, they're four as well. But uh, but getting to see them represented in fourteen was so cool. And each and every boss fight culminating in that final boss was just absolutely amazing. So, say between when you look between Thavnir and the Charlins, you can tell with the Thavnarians they're doing their best with what limit resources they have. Whereas, um, uh, what's it called Charlin in the Forge is a little bit better, and you can see the suffering between the two, especially in the city of Razahan. But when you go to like the um, Tower of Zot. You could tell that's what caused the like trades not coming in and all of this stuff. And I would say right now, those mechanics at the final boss of that first dungeon drove me in like insane because I didn't know what the heck we were doing. Because people would say, Well, you need to kill the healer first. Well, no, you need to kill them all at the same time. You need to give them all down 10%. It's just like you didn't know which one until like you Honestly, finally got through it. I don't I don't even know what the proper mechanics were as a black mage. I just did damage until it died. <laughs> As a DPS, I just kept hitting things. I'm just like, I'm just gonna hit it. Just, just hit, just hit it. If you're doing damage, you're, you're winning somehow. <laughs> but the, but no, I was, it, the it, alchemist falling asleep though cracked me up because you thought they were all dead. They're like, oh god, dead bodies. This is getting dark real quick. Then they all wake up and oh my celebrating. god, the 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 alchemists and Astinian. That whole scene, it, it it really drove home again. It drove home the fact that one of these. One of the two branching quest lines that you could go through, one was definitely meant to be more comedic, and it absolutely shows. Well, the air was more serious, especially when you uh, meet the members of the forum. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yes, going going after Zot, as as Dan mentioned previously, we go into uh, into Russia land. So before we like go in the Garland. It how epic did it feel when you go there and you see every like like passive pcs from different job quest lines greeting you saying yeah we want to fight with you i was so happy that my thaumaturge grilled my thaumaturge guild potatoes were part of that front line i was absolutely ecstatic and i i don't know if if uh if you guys also leveled up a healer on the side, but if you leveled up white maid specifically, you did get specific dialogue from, uh, who is it? Arun Senna, who, who was there noting your accomplishments as a white mage. Yes, I did have that. Actually, uh, well, I didn't max out my white mage until after MSQ Shadowbringers, but I think I did see that. Mm -hmm. I think all you have to do is like have like a level 50 or something, but and yeah, so you have that convocation coming in, and you're going to go to Garlean. And boy, if, 
it was probably good that you'd save the Thavner quest for, like, last, because the mood shift for Garlean was, um, you guys want to talk about this? Depression. It, it, it wasn't as suddenly shocking as, like, going to Alice's branching path and watching, like, Tesline transform. But it was a it was a lot slower of a burn when you realize like your intentions are to you're here to stop Fandaniel and Xenos and to help the people of Garlemald, and you slowly realize that it doesn't matter what your intentions are, they don't want your help, and they would sooner die than accept help from who they consider savages and their oppressors. And they do. <laughs> Boy, howdy, do Pretty they. Pretty much. Like, you go in there, you're like, I just want to help. Like, those very first NPCs. Actually, let's mention, like, the new... I know one of the new mechanics in there was... Well, there's two of them. There was the follow the leader where you can have the NPCs follow you all over the place from, like, different areas. And then there's one where I absolutely kind of just got tired of, that, tired of it after a while, is where you have to do a stealth mission and I'll follow the it. NPCs. <laughs> Oh, okay. So yeah, um, the 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 party companion sections I loved because it. I know I didn't need to RP walk, but I pretty much RP walked every chance I got, and I think I took a. I've taken at least one screenshot with everybody that I've companioned with, just because it it's a really really nice feature. They they often provide extra points for you to stop on where you can talk to your other character and they can provide just a little bit of extra insight so it it feels like you're actually on a journey with them rather than you just have a tag along from point A to point B. The stealth sections are very divisive to say the least. I mean, you could argue they might have overdone it. (laughs) They uh, just a little bit like like I I will give them this for for a stealth section. They weren't extraordinarily punishing. There have been much worse stealth sections in other games. This yeah, we play judgments. Yeah, th- this one is a lot more forgiving, but just the frequency of it is quite annoying. <laughs> yeah like um so back to the garland thing like when you had to follow that girl like there i think i had to do that like five times before i realized i could just pretty much loop around her as far away as possible without her seeing me and then just like hide behind something and then if i see her coming this way i would just slightly adjust my character or move her a little further but not far enough where it would make me start over mm-hmm. but there's a one side quest where i absolutely just want to rip my hair out and you have to follow a little child child through the, the fucking child i got that first try and that was all luck because because uh th- this child essentially it does that wonderful stealth section that, that wonderful stealth section ai where they like they pretend to notice and like they look one way and then all of a sudden like they'll they'll like oh i guess nothing's here so they'll go back on their normal route and then all of a sudden they'll double back. So if you if you commit to like moving out of hiding, they're going to see you. Yeah, like the little kid like I remember I was saying there I had to do it like twice, but I remember saying there I'm like I'll be fine and I saw the little shit move around. I'm like you asshole. <laughs> so 
talking about the story of this section, um, it was a very heavy section, especially when you speak to the commander and he asks you, like, okay, well, if you guys are so into peace, why did you uh, resist us when we came in? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. We're it, going there. It it really puts into perspective, like, the Garleans aren't just evil for evil's sake. You know, in the beginning of ARR, they were po- they were painted as these conquerors who are doing this just so that they can have power and, you know, under the flag of the Garleans and no more savagery and, and all that. But as you talk with the commander and you talk with the remnants of the contingencies that are still hoping that one of their other, you know, their other legions will come and save them in what can only be described as naive hope, you realize that their goal was just to uh, to get people under one banner. They didn't want any more of this infighting or conflict. They wanted to unite everybody under the strength of the Garlean banner. Whatever that took. Yeah. And seeing had like how that eventually ended i admit like when i first saw it i immediately kind of like went coward personally because the idea is like you're so entranced in your ideology that you cannot see in a way and this and i thought like oh that is right the point like while people are still young they can still change their minds when you're set in your old ways you cannot change their mind Mm-hmm. Like, he was part of the First Legion when Emmett Selk, who was still soulless at the time, was alive. And he was still under that, like, only if you were here, only that, not knowing anything about what Solus truly was, so to say at least. Um, but, like, walking through it, you saw, like, all the mass destruction. And when you walked with uh, Julius, I think the new NPC's name was? Oh, yeah. Uh, Ulyss. Ulyss, yeah. yeah. Like, he talked about, like, how he watched his entire family turn into basically madmen because of the tower's influence and he had to strike him down and all he wanted was just to live with his family you see his home you literally see a back a side of garland as you guys said that you've never seen before instead of just painted as these villains you even kind of see it when you do if you do the weapons refrain with like you mm-hmm. see some of the gays being assholes and you just see others like no i just want to make a better place yeah so then that all like leads into that uh, second dungeon, which was a fun-ass dungeon, first of all. I just want to say that. I, I have one complaint, and, but it's, again, it, it, it's a complaint from just one fanboy of, man, my boy Anima deserved better. Same. I was hoping he'd be the first trial, my, to be my, completely honest. I was, I was so excited for the Anima fight. I was like, yo, we're going to fight. My, I don't know how we're going to fight Anima. We're going to fight Anima. He's going to be amazing. He's gonna, we're going to see Oblivion. It's going to be fucking awesome. There's going to be a rocking track. And it's it's the he's the end, but he's the end boss of Dungeon 2. Like, That's oh, it. Oh. Put him in the ground in five minutes and we're done. <laughs> Super jobbed out. Um... Yeah, because they kept... Ah, goddamn Mike. They kept hyping it for like we have Anima and everyone's just like, holy shit, yeah. So you would think, okay, cool, Anima's gonna be the first trial that everyone's gonna fight. And then you get the well, he's the final boss, and you go into like a Kingdom Hearts sort of world in one of his attacks. Like, don't get me wrong. 
I am still happy that Adam got in, and I love, I love him. I'm glad that they got representation, and the the lore implications of Anima essentially being uh uh not Solus uh the other guy Varus yeah Varus Th- that man and having his limbs serve as like the major catalyst for all the towers that was fucked up first off yeah, very boy howdy <laughs> um but no it's it's all it's all sorts of crazy but thankfully you know, you, you take down Anima, you, you take down the Tower of Babel, you save the world, everything's good, roll credits, nothing else happened. No, nothing bad. Definitely not. I think we kind of glossed over uh, the body swap between Xenos what and do you Memorialite. Mean? What do you mean? <laughs> you kind of glossed over that? <laughs> you, are you trying to ignore the part there, Antonio? Oh my god, look. look. <laughs> it's not, I don't have a problem with the body swap. So after is is it after? Is it after? Is it's it right before. before. It's right before. Right. Uh right before you so right before you go into the Tower of Babel, uh which is the second dungeon, you get invited to a dinner party with your boy Xenos and uh Butler Fan Daniel and you get to eat a nice meal of dodo or whatever bird is indigenous to that area and then you realize you're not in your body (laughs) you're in the body of just some random imperial that's it and your corpse is over there your body's over there just limp on the throne and your boy Zeno strides over drops unconscious and then uh, emerges conscious in your body. And you yeah. gotta spend a painty-ass quest to get back to your body. That, that, this is ultimately, I will say, this is the most decisive point in not just Endwalker, but I would say in the entire game period. The quest in from the cold where you're playing as and just this random Imperial soldier with no special abilities, no echo, no HP regeneration, nothing. And you are thrown into an instanced area and you are told, make your way back to camp. Good luck. By Fantaniel, who doesn't really invite you, but kind of ducks you. Let's just be honest here. Yeah. I will say I got very annoyed because I had to do this twice and I'm not looking forward to doing this a third time, to be honest. I I got extraordinarily frustrated because... So the way my experience with it was, you know, at the start of the dungeon or at the start of that instanced area, you're given an, an Imperial to fight, right? And so you fight that Imperial and you realize, oh God, these fights are gonna fucking hurt. I, I, you can't, you can't, don't fight. You need to run around like, like a little rat and you gotta, you gotta use every little thing you can to, for like stealth and everything. But the problem is the direction that they pull you in to start that fight made me feel like, oh, that's the direction you have to go in order to keep the plot going. Like, like I knew that it was, I knew that camp was the other way, but I'm like, okay, maybe you have to find something up here first and then go back. 
turns out that is exactly what you had to do, but you, you had to find fuel for a mech, right? In order to fuel the mech and then you use the mech to clear out a bunch of enemies at once and then progress to the next stage of the instance. The problem is I found the fuel first. It didn't say anything else about it. I knew it was important, but I didn't know where the important thing was. And then I found the I found the machine. I found the the Magitech. And then it says, oh, if only you had some fuel. So I had to then double back, get the fuel, carry the fuel all the way back to the Magitech. And then you have to find the guy to get the key. And like I I spent so much unnecessary time just trying to get this done that by the time that the instance was over, I was just more so happy for it to be over and the narrative impact was kind of lost on me. That actually happened for me the first time around. The second time around was actually what you just explained. On my uh, bun boy, I found the fuel first and then, because at that point I already knew I had to get the fuel and then run back to the magic tech. But I was just like, okay, I can't grab the fuel. What's going on here? But my first time on my main, I literally spent almost like half an hour trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Like, okay, am I just doing something wrong? And I'm just gathering these items. I'm trying not to fight them. And then when I finally realized it, I forgot where the fuel was. And I literally had to run all the way back around just to grab that fuel to bring back there that I could not remember where it was exactly. And then... um when I went through that entire thing, I was just the same way. I was like, I'm glad it's finally over. And it was cool. Don't get me wrong. It was cool. I see what they were trying to do. But it was also one of those kind of forgetful moments where you're just like, I kind of wish for more garlic. actually in general and together felt like it was just lacking. Like they built it's like one of those things they built it up. And then it's just like, OK, we got through this first part. Now it's forgettable. Let's go off to the next part. And then you do go back there and it still becomes one of those like, oh, we're just here for this one thing. It's forgettable. Yeah, I I feel like either they could have cut down on the like open worldness of it. Like, I actually don't think I, I wouldn't have minded a, a, a corridor uh, as much as saying as much as like being railroaded, you know, is in and of itself kind of a problem. I wouldn't have minded a corridor of fights where you fight alongside other Garleans, a la the second half of the instance. Like, yeah. that would have been, that would have been amazing, because that would have, would have still driven home the fact that you are completely powerless, and it's taking so many of your quote-unquote fellow countrymen to take down one mob that you would be able to take down on your own as the Warrior of Light. But because of the design, it was so obtuse. It kind of yeah, you're right. It kind of took the impact away from the following cutscene. Mm-hmm. It's 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 either like again, our opinions aren't the only ones that are out there. That's why I say this is the most divisive point because there are people that say this was perhaps one of the best parts of the story just because of how emotionally it made them feel. Of oh god. I'm powerless. Like they were, they were physically shaking with terror because they didn't know what was going to happen. And that's great because that is what the people that I feel like that's what the writers intended. It just so happens that a lot of other people were more taken out by the slightly obtuse gameplay more than anything else. So, yeah, like 
it was one of those like don't get me wrong like i didn't, didn't mind the body swap thing i thought that was cool like it was not what i was expecting i literally thought we were gonna bomb rush the palace to go after uh xenos or to that tower first thing and then we would have gotten abducted but at that point but i was not expecting the body swap and i did feel powerless but it was just one of those like you said it was just because of that very absurd instance that just kind of took the impact away from me that i'm just like just yeah. get this over with but right. thankfully after that things pick up once again mm -hmm. so we take down the tower uh everything's all good fandaniel comes in say hey no we're gonna ruck shit up fires at the moon and suddenly bam you're at the moon and okay so how shocked were you and this is again full spoilers here when the next big fight was the guy we thought was going to be the big final boss, what did it feel like to you guys fighting Zodiac? Your boy Zodiac was the level 83. By the way, all of this, all the plot that's happened, is uh, it leads up all the way to level 83 out of 90. Yeah, this was super early. <laughs> as, as soon as I realized, wait, we're fighting Zodiac? Level 83, wait, what? Then, like, the, the literal, I, I said out loud to my empty house, then what's next? <laughs> what's what's going to happen? <laughs> but, I was actually oh pretty my... shocked to see that, too. I was just like, wait, hold on. Uh, okay, I knew we were going to see a Zodiac. I actually thought we were going to actually have, like, a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the guy. Not, okay, you're going to get plunged into the fight after you uh, walk around the entire moon with this uh, with the best doggo in game and also talk to a couple of the Amaratians. Mm -hmm. That I, fight, though, yeah. was actually really fun. It was challenging, but also really fun. Um, it took me, I think, three or so wipes of, of one instance, of one, of one join. To get it down, but it really made it feel like even for the first trial, that Zodiac was a force to be reckoned with. Between the uh, the mechanics of like the falling stars and the rotating the stage and adjusting the mechanics, like it felt like you were dealing with a large power, especially when you were at level eighty three in that level of gear like you could maybe take one hit as a dps before you died yeah like so as i mentioned i was just a little bit disappointed at first because like oh i thought this was gonna be the big guy disappointment why are we fighting him early but i was also very confused but um it made sense when we got towards the end like okay and also i did the extreme version just follow the danger dorito and you win <laughs> Mm -hmm. That's all it was for the extreme version. So uh, yeah, you you defeat Zodiac and game over, right? You prevented everything bad happening. You did it, and then Zodiac offs himself. Well, Van Daniel as Zodiac offs himself because and he then really Zodiac offs himself, and like in the most like, it, I I I don't maybe it's just me. Maybe it's because I've also been watching a lot of like team team four star recently just to hit that nostalgia bomb but i kind of expected frank sinatra's my way to start playing with the way that it was like the slow motion monologue <laughs> that would have been good well Daniel got his wish he wanted to die but he didn't take anyone with him uh, 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 
So you so you beat Zodiac and you're like, oh okay, Zodiac's done. Holy shit, we did it. And you look up at at the at the Earth at the planet, and then it turns red, and you hear a malicious voice say, "At last." And immediately, what jumped into my head because I, I don't know if you guys at the very beginning when Endwalker started, when you were visited by the Lady of Light, as they said, Adon. Uh, yeah. Of, uh, you know, I I chose, hey, you're a primal. I can't fucking trust you anymore. What the fuck? Yeah, mine was, I, I believe it was like, I can't trust your words no more. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh no. I had a feeling that we were going to need to kill Heidelin. Turns out I'm like let's okay let's go we gotta kill her now let's 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 go I was just I was ready to smack I was ready to, for to no gods no masters this and I thought I knew it was going to happen I'm like okay I think I think I understand the buildup I think I understand how they're gonna end this I understand I'm ready to, I'm ready to kill I'm ready to kill mom let's go uh we'll get hey, to were that. you wrong <laughs> we'll get to that part later but uh, suffice so, to say. Up. You uh, you start the final days yeah. by killing Zodiac. Night in in what is an um, what can only be described as an amazing uh, amazing execution of nice job breaking it hero. Uh, people, it, the the sky starts to burn red, and people start transforming, and boy howdy, those transformations hit. <laughs> It, 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 before you get ahead of yourself, let's also try to cleanse the palate here because you're, to prepare ourselves for the horrors that we're about to see, let's talk about the other people on the moon. Let's talk about the Lopards. Little bunnies were cute. Oh, that's right. I, for, I forgot. That's also where you... Oh, that's right. And that's also where you get... After you beat Zodiac, the big reveal happens that the moon is a fucking spaceship. <laughs> I love how you just like closing your mic after. Yeah, I was like, we basically. So, way my FC mates and I are jokingly saying, Tidalyn's mom and Zodiac's the dad. Dad was protecting uh, the Earth, and then we fucked up. And now these little bunnies are coming in. It's like, all right, it's time to uh, come and whisk you all away as you are small little children. Why did they, were those bunnies wrong? Honestly, though, I think I think the whole lot for me, the whole Loperit part of the storyline was a little bit forgettable, mainly because once I realized that the final days was starting, I was very much in the mood of I need to go back there. I need to go back there and fix this like right fucking I don't have time. Scion, no. you guys, you guys can play with rabbits. I need to go. I, I no, have people no. to save. <laughs> no, Warrior Light, you're going to go and talk to these bunnies. You're going to go see the mapping way, and then you will eventually find the way. Sorry, I had to make that joke. <laughs> okay, to to be fair though, like not and 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 like again, while the Loperitz part of the storyline was a little bit forgettable to me, I love the Loperitz themselves. Every, oh yeah, every single like mapping way, living's way. I will die. I will kill for Pudding's Way. No right? way. Pudding's Way is just a mood. I, I love I love Pudding's Way. My own personal, my favorite Loperit. No fucking way. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I you guys have seen that, right? You guys have seen yes, like, yes, like all yes. of the crazy Loperit names that people have made. Yes, I've. I, I forgot to say we had D Way. 
<laughs> D-Ray. Do you know D-Ray? Oh man, it's 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 so good. Honestly, they are adorable note, characters. And side it's... note, um, speaking of while you're there, like the fact that they used the villager music from Final Fantasy IV was so fucking nostalgic for me because Final Fantasy IV was like the first Final Fantasy I actually ever played. Yeah, like honestly, all of like I, I mentioned the whole you know oh it's the Maggie sisters and like Anima for you know oh Final Fantasy X, but in actuality, Endwalker was actually just a big calling card. A, a love letter to FF4. God damn right it was. And <laughs> and hot damn do they execute. They execute so well. What I mean, the Lopards themselves are just a callback to uh to to naming way. The yep. the Lopard that or the the bunny that say that saves your game in that game. And it's just oh, they're so adorable. Oh my god. And then like, All right. like it it is cute. That you get to like that you are like, hey, you designed this uh the spaceship to house the the people of, and I think this is the first time you get mentioned that the planet itself is called Aetherus. Yep, mm-hmm. that was the first mention of it. Mm-hmm. So like they thought the people of Aetherus were still ancients essentially, and they you you essentially in in the span of this arc of the story you come to teach them that uh yeah uh if everything Aizos... you knew about uh Aetherius, ethereal people yeah you're fucking wrong you're you're wrong uh you, you might need to adjust your plans for a minute and you know at first they panic but they they slowly get accustomed to it and mm-hmm. there are a couple of really cool moments with both the scions and most notably Uriange uh mm-hmm. coming to terms with the Lopperets and having them realize that they can still save our people, but they just have to go about it in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. And uh, they also kind of, uh, yeah, you mentioned this earlier. You mentioned that this part kind of can be forgettable, but I kind of saw it as like, yeah, this is going to be the kind of feel good moment of levity because the next part of the story, the yeah. final days on Eorzea. Oh, Christ. You get dropped back into Thavnir, sky now burning red. And uh, this is where you start seeing those first transformations and everything. Yeah, the moon itself definitely was a palate cleanser after the Zodiac thing with the Lopriots, because it was just basically a bunch of little, let's talk to the rabbits, and they were dropping hints of the, well, no shit, didn't see that coming, even though we all knew mm-hmm. like who they were speaking with. Mm-hmm. But then, seeing the final days, uh, how how affected were you guys? Oh man, I, where to begin? I I will admit that whole part was kind of a blur because because from the start, when you get back to the moon, or when you get back from the moon, you're essentially thrust into your level eighty five dungeon. Uh, Vanaspati, I believe, is what it is. Yep. Yep. Um, and that that dungeon in and of itself that's where everything hammers home like there are scenes of people transforming there's the scene of the family transforming oh that was a hard one to watch that it it hurts it it really does and you realize that you know that's when you realize that the terminus beats that you're killing are other people and And, elephants and and you know yeah, they're, they're just denizens of a theorist that you have to put down because it's noted that they have no more ether. There is no more trace 
of that person. They can't, it's not a tempering. They're just completely gone. They have uh, succumbed to the despair, so to speak. Yeah. So you and basically it... want them to be calm. Like, I will admit, like, going in there, I literally was just freaking out. Um, Like, in the dungeon there, when I saw a particular monster, it looks like a scorpion from the front, but when you look behind it, it's an elephant. And On the back. It, yeah. yeah. I immediately went, no. No, that it, is so fucked up. It, it, whoever designed these Terminus Beasts, because some of them were of a similar design to the Terminus Beasts that you fought in the Amarot dungeon, and rightfully so, because they're products of the final days. But some of the new ones that they designed were just straight out of like something like some sort of, some sort of like Lovecraftian. Or, you know, otherworldly just horror scenario. Which, honestly, A+. A plus for that. Who is uh, Square Enix going to that darkest route where you basically watch a child turn into a monster and immediately get crushed by another monster? Yeah, like, at, like after the dungeon, the, the ride keeps going. People keep transforming. People keep falling to despair. You and And you as the Warrior of Light and your companions are forced to, at the very best hold the line oh how worried were you about our favorite fisherman uh i was oh i, I wasn't worried until because i'm like oh he's he's reciting his teachings of like just embracing that pain is a part of life and accepting it and then you see him start to transform and i immediately gear shifted into oh god no Ready like to cry. Yeah, like like because the the whole the whole context of that is like he's seen his two best friends, uh, the mother and father to uh you know mother and father respectively, uh, not his mother and father but to you know their their respective child, um, die, and all that's left is this child that is essentially the last remnant of his friend's bloodline. And he's tasked with escorting this child to safety. And then the child starts to transform and give in to despair, which leads him to giving in. And that whole scene where he's running while in transformation sequence was absolutely fucking heart wrenching. And then you get that side relief. Like, oh, okay. And, and, and then great. our boys, Vritra and Estinian, come on down. By the way, we haven't mentioned this yet, but. So many scenes that were mentioned in the cinematic trailer of the game actually happening was so good. Like, like, we did gloss over that. Like, between uh, the Leviar, I forgot, Fortunald with Yastola's speech line, I was like, they, mm -hmm. they, they made the speech, they made the speech. Yeah, the, the, um, uh, come what must we shall live on we must the the um you know it's now or nothing stuff it's it's all or nothing Vritra. like that getting to see that in game in cutscene wow and then he does the star diver just like in the scene like oh man it was so good and then um when you go back to garland you see that they, the reenactment of alice Doing the holding of the side, and I think it was Raha that yeah. jumped in front. 
yeah, that uh, mimics the 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 paladin pose. We'll get we'll get to that in a minute because that's still in the final days. I think that's actually after this step, right? After yeah, it's you after the bring peace or a a better semblance of peace to Thavnir. You're tasked with uh, what is it? You you have to go to Garlemald to assist with the evacuation of people to the moon. Uh, before you go to Garlemald, though, you do. It's not really much of a big thing, but you do go to the first to talk to uh, Lena and Reen. And it's just like a small little dialogue of everyone just saying, where have you been? We've missed you and all that. And then you just explain like what's happening to the NPCs there. And then you go to actually, no, you go to Elpis afterwards. Uh, well, yeah, like, you're, jump, you're jumping away. No, was I, it? I, I thought you. I thought you. Wait, do you? Yeah, no. Yeah, you go no, to Elpis no. first. Yeah, you go to w oh. when you go to the first. You go to Elpis. So I think it's after Garlemald, if I'm remembering right. Is it? I thought it was before. I. I honestly, again, this because this, you're this, disappeared this, and you have to go and then you come back like, yeah, we finally returned. Now let's kick some ass. I. I'm, I'll I, see it when I play again. I, yeah, I. It, that part is a whole blur for me because again, like. This was th uh, that section of story was during one of those nights where it was like maybe one, two in the morning, and I couldn't just leave the story where it was. I had to keep playing just Bomb out rushed. of like emotional, emotional investment. I needed to find a much better stopping point than where it was. Okay, speaking of stopping points, we have reached an hour. Do you guys want to make this a part two? Um, so There's yeah, so much to talk uh, about. honestly, yeah, I think right now leaving things on specifically the spark of hope and the, the getting the general semblance of peace back to Thavnir and getting ready to take the next step in the story journey, uh, is really good. That actually gives us a chance to research, uh, and kind of exactly, remember, yeah, yeah, research and re-research and re-figure out the steps of the story directly after Thavnir. Okay, so we are going to say the next, like, final half of Endwalker MSQ, our final thoughts on it, and where we think we're going to be going on next episode. So until then, go ahead and follow the official network socials at NGP Productions on everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. But where can people find ourselves? Let's start off with our guest, uh, Akiyue. Ashley? You can find me over at twitch.tv slash Akiyue, where I actually stream FF14. I'm currently on a hiatus trying to get my schedule back together, but once I do, I'll actually be continuing Endwalker on my Catboy, where <laughs> hopefully I'll remember the steps of how this goes. Uh, wish me luck. And Antonio? You can find me streaming on Twitch, uh, social media on Twitter and TikTok, and doing drum covers on YouTube, all under the name AKL Trifecta. And you can find myself on Twitch, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You can find me on just about everything on uh, at, at Danyan Senpai. And uh, don't forget, guys, if you like our shows, don't forget to leave us a rating on wherever you listen to this podcast. And check out the other shows on the network. If you like uh, K-pop, anime, or an awesome tabletop campaign, check out our other shows. I'm sure you'll find something you will binge immediately. But until next week, guys, we'll see you uh, next time for part two of the Endwalker Sport class. Bye, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.